0: befriend your body podcast how not to panic part two
1: hi everybody it's wanda and my friend Gio. hi, hi. and we are going to continue the series of podcasts today about how not to panic how to decrease your anxiety and how to work with your autonomic nervous system um, if you haven't listened to the previous podcasts, it may be helpful to go back before listening to this one Um, they're not very long I like to give just a little bit of information so people can digest it but not overwhelm us just like if you eat a a nice size meal you can digest it if you pork out like at Thanksgiving you have a really hard time digesting everything so I don't like to pork people out with too much information but today if you remember from uh, the last uh, podcast it was we talked about how not to panic we were discussing the amygdala you recall, the amygdala is the the little organ in the brain, the, mid, the midbrain, the limbic system that I called the smoke detector of the brain, that part of the brain that kind of tells us whether we're safe or in danger. So as we talked about that. Um, so in this post, we're going to discuss a little bit Uh, another reason why we can struggle sometimes with a body full of anxiety and another reason why the amygdala can sometimes get stuck broadcasting the danger signal in our autonomic nervous system when there's absolutely no danger to be had in the moment. One of the challenges with the brain is that, uh, well, with our physiology is that we can actually uh, find emotional danger and our body unfortunately registers that as physical danger when we're actually not in any kind of danger, Um, but emotionally we're feeling vulnerable. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about another part of the body that is involved in the physiological and physical manifestation of anxiety in your body. And that part of the body is our viscera, or our belly, or our guts.
0: Well, that makes total sense for me, Wanda, because when I'm having a claustrophobia or a panic attack, the first part of my body that I feel it, it's in my belly. Um, and even sometimes I have a bellyache and I notice first and then I know that I'm anxious because I notice that feeling in my belly so it's related to that then
1: right absolutely You're, you're, you're describing most people's experience um, when they get super anxious, uh, th- our, our bellies start to hurt, and often sometimes it makes us run to the bathroom because uh, when the sympathetic nervous system gets uh, triggered on, we talked about that a podcast ago, um, the rest and digest system basically shuts off, and we're not digesting our food. But if we're too anxious, the, the autonomic nervous system actually sends a message to, um, to our viscera to empty uh, our bladder and our bowels in order that we can run faster because we did used to be hunter-gatherers for a very long time and um, if you're empty, you run a little faster than if your belly is full of food and you're bowels and bladder are full of material so when we're really really anxious most people have trouble with diarrhea and that's because of the sympathetic nervous system is kicked on and it's pushing your food through really quickly some people get constipation because they're not spending enough time in the rest and digest and so their body isn't digesting food but yes the gut is a very important part of our body for uh just living but also for uh dealing with anxiety Uh, people use the phrase listen to your gut or gut instinct right and it's for a very good reason because all humans have a type of brain in our guts. It's called the enteric brain, and it's a very large neural network that's in our bellies. It's not quite the same as our mind, and it's not quite as powerful as our mind, but it's definitely a neural network, and it's sending messages to our lower brain regions all the time. That's why you know... If you're paying attention to your body when you meet a new person, whether you feel safe with them or whether you like them or not, your gut will tell you right away because our guts are just wired into the primitive part of our body that can tell us whether we're safe or we're in danger. The other reason for that is that we have a a very large nerve, the second largest nerve in the body called the vagal nerve, and it goes from our guts to our brain. And 80 to 90% of the fibers send messages from the gut to the brain, so that means that if you're walking around with a really tight stomach and there's nothing really wrong your tight stomach, the enteric brain in your gut, is actually telling your lower brain regions there must be something wrong and so what will happen is we will start to worry or obsess about something because our gut is telling our brain something is wrong. Um, So one of the reasons to pay attention to your body many reasons but one of them is so that you can be aware of like what state is my gut in because a lot of us are walking around uh, with tight diaphragms and tight stomachs um, all the time and not just because the culture says hold in your belly Um, that doesn't help either but because we're living in usually too much stress and anxiety so even though we're not in actual danger if our guts are super tight and and we're having trouble settling down it, we're, our gut brain is sending the message to our lower brain that something must be wrong and so that one of the things that can keep the amygdala stuck on on and continuing to broadcast to the body that we might be in danger there probably is something wrong the other thing you want to do i think i mentioned though is if if your belly is super tight if you can you know first orient and look around and make sure there's no danger and then deliberately loosen it just like when you're doing yoga and the instructor says like are your ear are you are you wearing your shoulders like earrings right and then you drop your shoulders well you can actually pay attention to your gut and you can actually drop your belly if you will you can kind of let it go like really kind of let it just be slack and loose. Um, And that will help actually sending the message to the amygdala that you can calm down now.
0: Well, speaking about yoga, um, you remind me of something that happened during a class because it's very normal in the end of the class for me to hear my stomach making noises or Mm -hmm. other students with their stomach making noises. And somebody once told me that there is a reason for it. And uh, what is that reason? Why do we have those noises
1: after a relaxing class? Well, that's a great question, Gio. And, and I used to actually be embarrassed by those noises. Uh, Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, all that really is, is it's a fancy word called peristalsis. And it's just a sign that the digestion is starting back up again. You know, how like if you're revving your car engine, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You're, you're starting your car and moving. Well, when you get peristalsis, it's a sign that the... The, the food, the matter, the, the liquid is moving through your intestines and actually beginning to digest your food and moving it through. So, uh, some massage therapists that I've talked to say that they don't feel like they've done a great job settling and relaxing their client until their belly gurgles. So, it's a really clear sign that we are calming down and we are settling down, and that the body is going out of the sympathetic fight or flight and dropping back down into the rest and digest period.
0: Thank you. Great. So I won't feel embarrassed
1: anymore. No, you should be proud of your peristalsis because that means that you're actually settling down and that the yoga class worked. Great. Well, I think we're going to end today. I'm just going to teach you, Gio, and my listeners can do it as well, a really simple exercise that's out of some of the attachment uh, work that I have uh, done and learned, but it's also really great for calming down the amygdala because socially engaging or connecting emotionally and verbally with a safe, loved friend is one of the best ways to drop out of the fight or flight fear anxiety mode. So this exercise is from Diane Heller's attachment training, and it's called kind eye exercise. So, are you ready to try?
0: Yes, I am, for sure.
1: Okay. So as you get ready to begin, um, and you can do it eyes open or eyes shut. Most people can concentrate a little better with eyes shut, but you have to make sure that you're safe. And, you know, nobody's you know throwing baseballs around or anything, that you can shut your eyes and you're safe. So what you do is you take a moment and shut your eyes and bring to mind the the face of someone who always or most of the time looks at you with very kind eyes with kindness in their eyes like when they see you they're happy to see you and they're kind to you so don't pick someone who's kind of hard on you or someone who's sometimes nice and sometimes not because that will make you more anxious it's
0: not somebody that you wish were kind it's
1: no somebody that is actually kind <laughs> right. of great great question high five you <laughs> Yes, yes, someone who's actually kind, because your body knows the difference. So take a moment and just think about someone who's always looked at you with kind eyes. It may be, hopefully, it will be a spouse or a partner. It may be a parent. It may be an old teacher or a coach or or a dear friend. But hopefully everyone has at least someone in their lives who looks at them kindly. So do you have someone? Yes, I do. You don't have to tell me who it is. Mm -hmm. Just know that you have someone, and I'll pick someone, too. So once you fix that person's face in your mind, so most of us can imagine things, you can imagine that person's face, when you fix that person's face in your mind, just take 30 seconds, to maybe 45 if you can do it, and imagine them looking into your face with their kind eyes. And they're not saying anything, they're just sending their love and kindness to you through their eyes. So we're going to just do that for about 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, if the listeners are trying that, they'll be be trying that, too. Okay, that was about 30 seconds. So notice what you were feeling when the exercise began, and then notice how you feel now when we're done. Did anything happen in your body? Do you feel any different in a positive direction from doing that exercise?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. I felt relaxed. And it was good to have that contact with that person, even in my my ma- the ma- image that I created, uh-huh. but it was good to be with that person.
1: That's great. Felt good. So even just imagining them, yes. even though they weren't here, your body was able to calm and settle down a little bit just by imagining them.
0: Exactly. It was good.
1: Awesome. Another high Thank five. Thank you. So listeners notice that. it's Imagination is very powerful. We use it for worry all the time right i think about something negative and i worry and then my body gets all my you know my guts get in a knot so some, some parts of the brain regions don't distinguish between imagination and reality so you can just imagine that positive person that kindness and for just 30 seconds if you have time do it for 2 or 3 minutes it makes even more of a difference um, but just notice what happens in your body and noticing especially changes in relaxation and feelings of safety and well-being because isn't that what we all want in our life
0: i yeah For sure.
1: Yeah. That's what I think. So I would encourage uh, my listeners to practice the exercise several times a week or maybe even once a day for a while. And just notice how this may change your perception about life in general and your ability to notice and respond to the amount of love that you may be getting that you're not even noticing or paying attention to. So that's the end of today's podcast on How Not to Panic Part 2. So take care of your gut loosen it up and um, do the kind eye exercise.
0: Thank you, Wanda, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Geo.